Hey guys, it's Jason Webb. This is the show that highlights local business leaders and the movers and shakers of Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota Made. What's up, Minnesota? I am back in St. Paul at Roof Spec Inc. Sitting across from me is Weston Thone, the executive vice president. How you doing? Can I call you Wes, or do you want me to be very official and call you Weston? Wes works good. Okay, thanks, Wes. And the lovely Melanie's co-hosting with me again today. How you doing, Melanie? I'm great. How are you, Jason? I'm I'm good. Yeah, it's been a good day. We had a good meeting before this. Sun's out. Nice fall day, and uh, birds are chirping. So, right on. Yeah, it's been a good day. All right, so. I'm having a little flashback to, let's see, 1995 when I went to Hutchinson Technical College in Hutchinson, Minnesota. Now it's called Ridgewater Community College. And I graduated from their two-year program in non-destructive testing. After graduation, I went to go work for a company in Bloomington. They're probably not around anymore. I was really small. It was like me and three other dudes and uh, it's called energy conservation consultants. And, uh, I was hired as a technician, I guess. And I had to carry around this huge infrared camera in that it would, it would carry electric, uh, no liquid nitrogen in it. And it was strapped to my chest with an old school Polaroid camera and I would have to go to places and inspect things like electrical systems, looking for overheated circuits or breakers and go on roofs after a rain on a summer day to look for hot spots. Because if there is a penetration in the membrane of the roof, water gets in there, it heats up during the day, sun goes down, the roof cools off, except for that wet spot is still warm. And you could detect that on this infrared camera take pictures of it, bring it back to my hotel room and write up a little report. And that was my life. That was my life for about a year before going to chiropractic school, joining the Army and becoming a chiropractor. But uh, Wes, man, uh, it sounds like you you did some of the similar things that I used to do. Uh, technology has come a long way since then, it sounds like. So Wes, have you... You know the camera I'm talking about, right? This big-ass thing strapped to your chest with liquid nitrogen in it and a Polaroid camera, right? Absolutely. I, uh, I spent a lot of time using those things. <laughs> but uh, you don't use that anymore. They come up with a lot a lot more advanced technology since then, right? They're about the size of a power drill now. And power drill? You just hold it in your hand, and it records digital photos and as many as you need. Wow. Yeah, I remember getting my T-shirt all sweaty, sweaty wearing that damn thing, chugging it up ladders, getting on roofs, and not fun. So, Roof Spec Inc. The name is a little deceiving because it, you guys used to focus on roofs, but now it's more of a building envelope system that you're concerned about. So, let's start there. What is it that Roof Spec Inc.? Inc. does and listeners try to pay attention. I mean, I've done this stuff and when I try to, you know, relay this message to somebody else, I'm going to have a hard time with it. So good luck, Wes. What is it that Roof Spec Inc. does exactly? 
So, so to, uh, to explain it, I'll explain what the uh, building envelope consists of. So building envelope or building enclosure is the exterior of the building, including roofs, walls, windows, and waterproofing. And we're an architectural engineering firm. And we, we, we go, so um, two names, uh, Roof Spec Inc. and also RSI Building Envelope. Um, RSI Building Envelope portion, um, we focus more on the, on the exterior walls and windows and waterproofing. Roof Spec focuses specifically on roofing, but all under one umbrella, um, one company. Gotcha. All right, so that's a building envelope. So what do you do? <laughs> so so we do a lot of design we do a lot of investigation we find problems and then we solve them for our clients okay so the the process typically starts with investigation so we go out listen to our clients um important part of the process is to understand specifically what they want to solve give me an example one or two like what have you heard recently? So we get called out to out to a building. They're having some issues. Don't know if it's roof related. Don't know if it's it's curtain wall windows. Um, if it's the exterior wall, we go out. We. Uh, but um, what's their complaint about it? Water leaking. Okay, so they got water leaking into the building somewhere. Correct. Got it. And so they want us to come out, determine how it's happening, figure out a solution to the problem for them. Yeah. Is the roof old? Are the windows old? Sealant issues? Is it a combination of everything involved? Ideally, we go out and and use all sorts of different methods, including infrared cameras if we need to, determine what the actual cause of of the issue they're experiencing. Um, The last thing we want to go out and do is solve a problem that doesn't um, cure all of the issues that that our clients are experiencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have to pinpoint what the actual cause of the problem is, and we're not, not just treating symptoms, but actually getting down to the root cause of the issue. So the, during the investigative phase, we'll do all that. Then we'll typically get into design phase. So whether that's replacing curtain wall, replacing sealant, air barriers in your wall assemblies, or or roof membrane, or some or a combination of all of the above. So we'll go through the design phase, architectural and engineering. So. Let's say I own this massive printing company and it stormed. And I, now I notice there are four leaks in four different parts of the building after this bad storm, right? So I don't know. I don't know who to call. The general contractor, the roofing guy, would be like, man, I don't know where it's leaking exactly. So in comes Wes, right? Da, 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 da. <laughs> Wes determines, oh, it's the air conditioning units where they're penetrating the roof, uh, there, there's four of them up there, and look at that. You got four leaks, and somehow you figured that out, right? Now, once you figure that out, now you got to come up with a solution, and you're not going to be the one so much to replace those, tear the roof apart or replace the air conditioning units, that type of thing, but you're going to you know, get, your, get your guys out there, your contractors, or recommend somebody to come out there and do that for you, correct? Typically, we would put together some sort of bidding documents for the contractor to bid on and ideally get multiple contractors to bid on the solution, whatever that might be. Ideally, we put enough detail into the design that we put together that we specify the exact quantities of all the materials going into it. So when we do bid it out to contractors, they're all just bidding on labor and markup. So quantities are all called out. Um, it's easy for them to, to send off those documents to their suppliers. They all get similar quotes from their suppliers and then put together a bid based off of uh, um, where they see labor and markup beyond that. 
That's smart. I mean that that's a that's a real value add for your client. That building order with the leaky roof because now it's just it's easy to weed out which ones you want to go with and which ones you don't. Right, it makes that process a little easier. And, and with our experience and and the contractors that we use locally or that we deal with locally or invite to bids, usually that that contractor base is a pretty strong history in in solving these sorts of things. Good quality product, good quality contractor that comes in and takes care of the issue. If I'm a local contractor and I want to be on your list to your invite to bid list, uh, <laughs> is that is that uh, is that an open enrollment? Are you accepting applications for that? We work with contractors all of the time and get involved in in projects that they're currently working on, take a look at the work that they do. Ideally, we do a lot of public bids as well. So a lot of government, state colleges and university system, Mm. University of Minnesota, state of Minnesota, a lot of federal projects that we're involved in. So often we're dealing with contractors that we're not necessarily seeing all the time on our other projects. So we do grow our, our contractor base that we deal with on a regular basis and not not everybody is necessarily suited to a certain type of system mm. and and with all of the components that go into your building exterior there's a list hundreds of contractors long that uh, that fit certain situations and certain type of systems that we put out yeah i mentioned you know before i started recording that one of our most more recent guests was it ls black that was last week right yeah, so we interviewed uh, Brandon Davis over there, who is that's the, who I was thinking of right yeah, away yeah. too. So you're talking about these federal projects. Yeah, that's a that's a special skill set for a general contractor to know how to deal with all this prevailing wage and what do they call it Davis Bacon Act and how, how to get the, how to navigate those waters and, and get the job done. Well, and that's where it's it's really nice to have contractors that are experienced in that process because that's an important part of the process for our clients. It's not only about providing a good product, but providing it as seamlessly as you can make it, especially with some of that a lot of a lot of paper to push throughout that process. Yeah, for sure. You know, when we're talking about a leaky roof, and when I was working for this company many many years ago out of Bloomington. One of the calls we went on was a leaky roof, and they didn't know where it was leaking, and it was an apartment building, and they had like gables and the regular asphalt shingles up there. And <laughs> I'm sure your techniques were much more <laughs> advanced than ours, but <laughs> we got out a ladder and a garden hose, man. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're standing up on the roof, right? Imagine this, two, two grown-ass men, right? <laughs> standing up on the roof of the garden hose like, okay, Jason, move it five feet to the right. And so I'm standing there with the garden hose, like spraying it over and by this, the, I don't know, bathroom van, fan vent to see if that was where the leak was coming from. No, it's not there, Jason. Move it over here. And, <laughs> and then sure enough, I don't know what it was. I don't remember where the water was coming in, but, but doing that long enough with that garden hose on the roof, we discovered, yep, that's where the leak is coming from. Yep, you know? And it's I'm guessing all- you have a little bit more of an, a more efficient process. Let's say it's similar, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so ideally, you know, you work kind of low to high. You, yeah. We have a little more sophisticated equipment than a, just a typical a garden, garden hose. hose yeah. But, yeah. but sometimes you just get down to the garden hose and you start spraying stuff down. Yeah. And that's how you find issues. Interesting. So it, you guys not only, uh, you know, try to identify and help out leaky roofs, but you do all kinds of other things. One of the things that you mentioned is the quality assurance piece. Can you speak on that a little bit? Sure. So... After we get done designing a project, whatever the fix might be, uh, bid that out to contractors, get a contractor under contract with the owner, 
And then we, during construction, will perform quality assurance observation site visits. So we'll make site visits anywhere from periodically a couple times a week up to the entire time the contractor's on site, we're on site. Mm-hmm. Um, provide daily reports highlighting anything that we found in the in the existing assembly that was different from what from what we anticipated. We deal with questions, issues the contractor has, but also make sure the contractor understands the documents and is following the protocol that uh, that we set forth in the specifications and the and the drawings. Now we started this whole process with uh, identifying the issue, right? Right. Where's that lead coming from? And now we're at the point of the quality assurance, making sure that the repairs and the work is being done like they should. Can I, as a potential client, can I pick and choose and be like, all right, so I own a hospital, I'm putting a new roof on the hospital, but and I hire these roofing contractors that, I don't know, I think they're going to do a good job, but I want to make sure they do a good job. I want to make sure that they're using the right building materials, that there's no gaps in the insulation, that the asphalt temperature is correct, and that type of thing. Can I hire you just to do the quality assurance piece? Clients do. Ideally, like I was saying before, the uh, real benefit of, of actually doing a design and bidding out to contractors is getting all of those materials specifically called out. So mm-hmm. exact quantities of materials in the design documents, mm-hmm. which contractors then, you know, Everybody's bidding on the same, the exact same oh, materials. Sure. Yeah. So we get phone calls all the time from clients that have five bids, five totally different systems uh, that each contractor is bidding, and they have no idea where to go with it. And we try to do our best to provide some consulting in those cases and, and help them through that process. But ideally, there are a lot of little things that go into whether it's... it's uh, wrapping a window opening um, and, and how all of those things go together or whether it's uh, uh, stripping in a roof drain or something like that. There's little enhancements that can be done to, to really um, extend the life expectancy of, of your roof or wall assembly. So ideally, those are that's the best situation, mm-hmm. but, uh, but we do also do quality assurance for folks that, um, that have bid out a project or have a contractor in a system that, they're, that they know they want to go with. And then we'll still do site visits and, and We'll typically review the uh, the bid from the contractor and provide some suggestions um, okay. after the fact. But um, but yes, we also just do quality assurance for those. And uh, earlier we were talking about the the different codes and how airtight buildings need to be uh, today, and the issues that can arise because of those new codes. And we talked a little bit about not only can moisture uh, be a problem by penetrating the building from the exterior, but also the moisture that's generated from the interior of the building can become a problem. Can you talk a little bit about the building code, the air tightness, the issues that are, that that's creating and things that you're seeing out there? So so the two big things that we want to deal with are managing air and moisture in and out of a building. Throughout that process, codes have the the addition of of continuous air barriers, of continuous insulation, reduce energy usage in, in buildings over the last over the course of the last you know 30 40 years as we've started putting out better and better insulated buildings more and more airtight um, however that's led to a lot of issues with where these membranes are located in the in the roof assembly or in the exterior wall assembly and um, ideally you you want a membrane that blocks all the interior moisture from reaching the dew point temp and condensing 
and you want to block any exterior moisture from getting inside the building and, and wetting any of the existing building materials inside the building and not being allowed to dry out. So ideally you want your outside materials to dry to the outside, your inside materials to dry to the inside and keep moisture from forming on the, on the surface of, of any of the materials inside there. Yeah, and you mentioned a little bit about roofing material rotting and you could kind of, it, it's dipping in between the trusses. And that made me think of a story. Uh, my friend Brian's a contractor, he's just residential, right? And he hates OSB. And he's gone to different siding jobs. And he said one in particular, they didn't nail the siding into the studs, right? right. They just nailed it right into the OSB. And the OSB had oh. rotted. And he said he grabbed the bottom panel of the siding, uh, the bottom piece, and the whole side of the house, the entire side of the house, he just grabbed it, pulled it back, right? Yep. And the whole side of the house, all the siding just came off. Something similar happened to me, actually. I had an apartment, and uh, I noticed under the window there was this puffy area, like a puffy kind of trickle mm. down. Mm -hmm. And I pushed my finger in it a little bit. You know, I was like, ooh, that's really squishy. That's probably not a good thing. So when the when the maintenance people came in, the guy started peeling it apart and the wall literally fell apart. The inside of the wall was completely black. Oh. Black. I couldn't figure out why I was so sick all the time when I was at home. Right. Yeah, it was terrible. It was crazy how easily the whole wall came down. That's that's part of the process of managing that interior <laughs> and exterior moisture. Yeah. So you see some crazy stuff like that? I mean, uh, siding ripping off sides of buildings or anything right. like that? Well, you mentioned the dipping of the roof, right? Right. Yeah. And that was OSB roof deck. That's uh, not a good building material, especially structurally. Yeah. And, and squishy walls, I think, are an issue too. That's, oh, yeah. that's a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. If your wall's squishy, you might want to call, mm. call RSI. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, that also makes, you know, I own an insurance agency, a couple of them, and one of my clients was a chiropractor and he owned his office building. And they were residing, restuccoing the exterior of the building. And the stucco person noticed some rot around the bottom of the windows all the way around the building, right? And come to find out that those windows were installed, I don't know, 10, 20 years prior, and they didn't do something right with the the installation process to prevent the water penetration into the wall. And, uh, of course, I get the call uh, from my client, the chiropractor, the building holder, and he's like, hey, I got to file a claim. Okay, I'm a, I'm a, I was a rookie back then. So <laughs> I had to, you know, I filed the claim, talked to the adjuster, come to find out that that type of thing is not covered on an insurance policy. It's, it's the I think the, the term is faulty workmanship. So... In other words, if you hire a contractor to do some work for you and they don't know what the hell they're doing and they do it wrong, right? Oh, wow. That's not, that's not an insurance claim. It's like the insurance company's stance on it is, hey, if you want to hire the cheapest guy on the street to do this work, you're going to get what you pay for it. And it's, you're not going to you know, shove the rest of that bill, the repair bill over to us because you hired right. this dummy. You know what right. I mean? And uh, it was a mess. I felt really bad. Like I wanted... To help the guy out, but what I'm um, don't kill the messenger type right. thing. And it says it on of course page thirty-two, halfway down, paragraph three about faulty workmanship, not ship well, did I say shit? <laughs> 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 faulty workmanship, 
not being covered on the insurance policy. So the whole quality assurance piece that you guys offer is really important, I feel like. Especially with these huge buildings. I mean, huge my projects. gosh, you wouldn't want to absorb any of that cost. Yeah, look at that building right uh-huh. there. What is that? that Cathedral? Is, yeah. Yeah, if that was my building, I want to make sure the shit is done right, right? <laughs> and uh, I want to get you out there to make sure of that, right? Right. Yeah. That's what we do. The uh, exterior, the the whole process, ideally, you want to make sure that everything's draining to the exterior of the building, which is the beauty of having somebody on site. We can design something all day long. We can show everything draining perfectly to the exterior of the building, but right. in the end, you have no idea what was installed without you know another set of eyes and daily photographs and right. everything else. Otherwise, it's just theory. Right. Yes. Yes. All right. So did I cover? Did we cover what RSI or Roof Spec Inc. does? I Is that the so. gamut of things? Yeah. All right. Cool. Let's talk about Mister Weston, the man behind the magic. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what's been your involvement? In, well, let's start with this. What were you doing before you got involved in this business? How did you get involved in this business? Who started the business? And now why do you own the business? Right? <laughs> How about that? That's a Well, that's a pretty long story considering that uh, I think I was nine years old when the business started. Okay. Oh. My father actually started the business in 1986. And I started shortly thereafter doing odds and ends for him, cleaning bathrooms, doing samples in a, in a lab, and uh, uh, just doing absolutely anything that he could get me to do. So those early days of starting the business, was it started out of the family home or did he... Uh so initially, very briefly, and then moved into a, uh, a pretty shoddy building in, in Roseville, and, and we finally moved into the nice digs that we're in today. But the, okay. uh, it started in a garage and, and doing roof samples and things like that in, a, in our family garage. Interesting. Roof samples. Yeah. I kind of remember somebody in that office doing something like that. It looked like built right, and they'd bring the built right in and I think bake it or something, heat it. I don't know. Yep. Am, am I totally off here? Nope. Checking for moisture content in the in the wood fiber belt right insulation. Yeah. Yep. That's what your dad was doing. Yep. Back so in the day. One of one of the many the many things we did in our garage lab. Yeah. That's cool. So you're like nine years old back then. I was nine years old, and my father. Um, I think we were watching. Uh, we were at the movie theater about to watch Rocky Four, and he told me that uh, he was going to he was going to start a company, and uh, asked me what I thought about it, and I was nine. I said, "Yeah, sounds good. I don't know, whatever." Cool. <laughs> Is that the Drago movie? The yeah, one yeah. Drago? yeah, 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 yeah. What's that famous line? I will crush you. I will something. I don't know. Yeah, crush you. I think. Crush yep. you. Yeah, I will right. crush you. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah, I loved Rocky. Okay, so. He started off in the family business, moved into a building over a, a little uh, uh, sh- kind of a shady building, probably with water leaks coming out of the roof. <laughs> there was all sorts <laughs> of Only issues. at first. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, things has progressed. You started hiring people. You graduated high school. And then what did you do after high school? So I actually worked on and off throughout high school and then went to college and, and was working summers here and then whenever they needed me. And then eventually, after school, came on full-time and, and spent a lot of years on the road. We do work all over the uh, U.S. and mm-hmm. Canada and Mexico, so it was a lot of traveling for probably the first five years or so. Wow. So between the time you were nine years old and graduating college, you had already gotten contracts in U.S. and Mexico and all over the world? Yep. 
Yep. We, wow. uh, um, a couple of our, our big companies, especially Fortune 500 companies in Minnesota, which is the big advantage of, of being headquartered here, mm-hmm. um, have facilities all over the place. And so we've always done a lot of traveling. That was kind of part of the process. Nice. So you graduated college. You came to work for the company right away. Right. And you start, you did a lot of traveling those first few years. A lot of traveling. Yeah. Still cleaning bathrooms occasionally. Okay. <laughs> Keep you humble. Whatever, whatever right. I have to do, right? All right. All right. And somehow you are the co-owner of the company. So about five years ago, well, it was, it was a, a pretty long process, but about five years ago, uh, myself and, and Tim Pecker in our office um, bought out my father and, and took the company over and um, continue growing and continuing to uh, expand our services as much as we can. What's the future look like for RSI? I mean, you said expanding services. Well, I mean, what, are you, you going to become a roofing contractor anytime soon, or what are you thinking here? No, stri- strictly <laughs> strictly design. But we've uh, uh, started doing more structural engineering. Got some other uh, some other folks on board. So I actually my my time went from uh, doing a lot of design and investigation to now uh, probably twenty five to thirty percent of my time is spent recruiting, trying to find good people out there. Spending a lot of time on on LinkedIn and other sources, looking for good people wherever I can. Yeah, yeah, cool. All right. Well, what did I, did I forget? Anything that you want to bring up that uh, we didn't cover that you want to brag about or anything like that? <laughs> you want to shout out to anybody? Uh, no, I, I don't think there's anyone uh, in particular. <laughs> <laughs> right? Who the hell's listening to this anyway? Right? <laughs> All right, guys. It's okay, listeners. We know you listen. Yeah. Right. Let's bring this home. So here we go. Roof Spec Inc., Building Envelope Engineers and Consultants. Weston Thone is who I'm speaking to. On his business card, he calls himself the Senior Consultant, and their website, if you want to check them out, is roofspec.com. Roofspec.com, located in St. Paul. The office phone number. Now, this is the this is the general office one right at the top there, right? Correct. All right, that is 651-639-0644. Wes, I appreciate your time and uh it was kind of fun revisiting my my life 20 years ago. Yeah, my days at Energy Conservation Consultants and uh, graduating NDT. I definitely see a value in what your company does. You definitely. Do a, you do a lot of uh, cool things that, what is it, an ounce of prevention, something about a pound of cure or something like that? I don't know how the saying goes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so if you if there's anybody listening that's interested in, I don't know, so if you got a water leak, right, in the roof, or if the, you have some building envelope concerns as far as water uh, exiting or entering your building or some quality assurance type questions, uh, you guys focus strictly on commercial work, correct? We do, yes. Yeah, yeah. Let Wes know. He's got the answers. I mean, it, when, once you meet this guy, you, you you swear he came right out of Harvard, and uh, he's very Amen. I- Ivy League yep. looking. He's got the he's got the name too, Weston Thone. I mean, yes, for real. Yep. Yeah, yep. We, I agree. We hire the geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Wes, I appreciate your time, man. Uh, you're doing a great job, and I'm um, expecting great things out of you. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. That's it, guys. 
If you know of a Minnesota business leader or a mover and shaker that you feel would be a great guest, please have them go to minnesotamadepodcast.com and have them apply for the show. Thanks for listening, Minnesota.